I'm going to leave the uh, nearly three and a half minutes of setup in there. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not like a marketing guru or anything, but go ahead and say it's probably a good idea. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, the only reason I chew chew my ice on air is because of Sean. Because mm-hmm. I know it'll just <laughs> irk the fuck out of him. Gr- really grinds his gears. Really grinds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, if there's one thing I learned in the past few weeks, it's that, you know, anything you release, it should it should just start with the song. Like, the song needs to start right at the beginning. The song needs to Sorry. start right at the beginning? Yeah. Sorry, that was a reference to a... I was trying to pick it up. ahead with a music video. I did. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, right, 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 right. You don't want all this setup bullshit. You got to get right into the music. I was like, damn. The music, in this case, being our opinions. Dorian's throwing me the ball right now, and I just... Uh, <laughs> no, it's all right. I this didn't lay it all, up. I just... I, this is, you're now cutting out four and a half minutes of setup instead yeah, of three and a half <laughs> minutes. <Yeah. laughs> That's all it is. Literally, like ones of megabytes of data <laughs> that's how dorian hypes me up for each episode is he you know references references something obscure and i have to see if i try to, can yeah. deliver or not try to throw some two percenters bobby's yeah. way and see yeah, yeah see yeah. what sticks you wanted a three-pointer but i just laid it up <laughs> and gave you two <laughs> <laughs> um all right well i'm bobby navia uh and i am dorian weinzimmer Welcome, everybody, back to the couch. Yeah. Uh, New Year. Happy New Year, Dorian. Happy New Year, Bobby. We had a wonderful New Year. We did, at Bobby's place. Yeah. It was great. At my new place that I moved into. Yeah. We got to trash it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was was looking gnarly in there when we left. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. There were three areas to clean up. Yeah. Oh, yes. When I woke up. There were many, many different uh, theaters of operation uh, during that party. Yeah, there was the we partied too hard last night. and We're just going to sit in the living room <laughs> yes. and watch movies theater. There was the we didn't party last night. We were waiting till today. <laughs> so we're more energetic and want to talk to each other in the living room yeah. <laughs> or in the dining room. <laughs> and then um, the uh, the the usual flurry of activity in the kitchen, be it uh, preparing foods or the gathering of alcohol mm-hmm. for, you know, thirsty friends. So um. Okay, so uh, our first trailer for the new year is kind of already out. Isn't it out in limited release? I guess so. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely December 10th is like the main the release main date. Opening. Or January 10th, excuse me, is right. the main release date. Um, which, yeah, I, I thought this movie was already out. <laughs> Partially because, I mean, it's already gotten award nominations. I think it's out like today. I'm, yeah. Anyways. Well, I looked at, in Chicago at least, it's not, there weren't any showtimes until like Thursday evening. Oh, okay. Um, the ninth. The ninth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah. It apparently, you know, they must have just done yeah limited New York and L.A. release like yeah. in late December, some something like that. All right. Um. Yeah, I haven't looked into it. My guess is that yeah, the studio, same studio, had something else coming out right. You know, in the award season slots. Maybe they didn't think this movie was going to be as much of an awards contender as it appears to be. So I'm looking on the AMC right now, mm-hmm. and it's playing at the AMC River East. Oh, it's at the River East? It's at the River East. Huh. Interesting. It, I'm sure it's not playing at like uh, Regal or anything. Yeah. I bet you any money it'll, it's playing at the one in um, Evanston. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. I think it's maybe in like a limited release. Yeah. Because if that's only like one theater in Chicago that it's playing at. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah. Anyways. Wide release right. on the uh, on, on the, the 10th. 10th. Um, 
Yeah, they must be building buzz about it. You know, that's usually why they do this is like release in a few places to get people start talking about it. And then that way, when they actually have a wide release, it's a little more in the public it's consciousness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Than yeah. It was with just like their advertising or whatever. Or people who might have just written it off as like, oh, it's a war movie. Or just like, don't You know, really I didn't care. even say the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the trailer to 1917. Oh, yeah. Today. That's a good point. <laughs> that's a good yeah. should probably do that. Mm-hmm. In uh, 2020, we're talking about 1917. Yes. So, yeah. We're 103 years behind. But it's all right. Yeah. Catching up. We'll catch up. We'll uh, do more episodes. Directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, co-written by him. Yeah, I saw some saying this is his first actual writing credit. Oh, really? On a movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. Maybe he's, you know, to, of course, there's obviously some rewriting that happens just in the shooting and mm-hmm. editing phases of right, you know, right. making your film um but uh I, I don't know how much of a hand he's really had in like the scripts that yeah. he's been given or if he's just sort of takes them and it's like okay well i'm gonna adjust as i go mm-hmm. <clears throat> or whatever but um yeah no i'm pretty sure this is his first actual writing credit oh, on okay a, on a script or screenplay that he's directed yeah yeah so i listened to an interview with him uh that the dga podcast that i listened to mm-hmm. uh they uh, edward zwick Interviewed him. Oh, okay. About the movie and um, director of Last Samurai, Edward yeah. Zwick. Yeah, yeah. Sake. Another good war movie. It's a it's a movie with war in it. I like that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Take it easy, okay? I like it. Ah, uh, yes. What culture can't the white man <laughs> save? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, no. Uh, well, he didn't really save them, but he brought them to long-lasting honor and respect. Yes. Among white folk. Yes. So, the real hero is clearly Tom Cruise, <laughs> the last samurai. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Spoilers for last samurai. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. They get yeah. Murdered. murdered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gatling gun versus swords. It's, it's pretty one-sided. No contest. Yeah. Except for Tom. Yeah. Well, he, you know. He can shot up a little he bit. He has the bravery yeah. to get out of there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he made the call. You know, it was a hard call. But he got it. He made it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, he, uh, or Sam Mendes talked about, because uh, he asked him about, like, the inspiration or where this idea for this movie came from or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but he talked about a, uh, like, a grandfather or an uncle that was um, in the war. Uh, and, you know, uh, it seemed like that was the jumping off point for, you know, these two young men mm-hmm. and their mission and that kind of stuff. Just hearing his, you know, grandfather's experience or whatever in the war. Stories about, like, like the grandfather would, like, always wash his hands, like, consistently, like, all the time. And as little kids, he would remember him and his cousins, like, laughing or, mm. you know, chuckling at it. But... When he got older and he asked, like, why did he wash his hands so much? It was because he was always in the dirt in the war and his hands seemed to never get clean. Mm-hmm. So it was just something, you know, that he did all Left the time. Over, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I can see why, you know, he would be have a, you know, writing credit. Yeah. Because it sort of there's a, you know, there's a piece in there for him. Um, oh, that's cool. I didn't realize. Yeah, it came from such a personal place. Yeah. As far as just, yeah, like these sort of uh, impetus for telling a story like this to begin with. Because mm-hmm. it is a, I mean, sure, he's done the last couple Bond movies. Yes. Um, we did a Skyfall Inspector, right? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he's, you know, done some action stuff. But, you know, prior to that, he did like American Beauty. Has all, has all his it, stuff, aside from the Bond, been, been like different? Has it been kind of like... Like a Ryan Johnson where sort of everything is like a, a new genre mm-hmm. he's tackling. Yeah, yeah right? it seems like it. Okay. I mean, yeah, as far as I can tell, because he, he doesn't seem to be one of those directors you can really pin down. Mm-hmm. Didn't he do uh, Road to Perdition? He did. Also, wasn't that him? Yeah, that's, yes. uh, that's probably my favorite of his movies, Yeah, actually. I really like that one a lot. Um, it's been a while so since I, I watched I'm it. I'm not a fan of American Beauty. <laughs> I've never seen it. Keep it that way. <laughs> It is fucking trash. Okay. It's such a garbage film. All right. Um, yeah, I we could talk about that another time. <laughs> uh, I Because I'll just go on way too long about it. Um, but yeah, I, I really fucking despise that movie. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you know, he's he's had a you know an uneven career in my mind. But I've always been interested because he sort of has this... Um, you know, yeah, I guess like Ryan Johnson or uh, like Sidney Lumet was kind of like that. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He never really had like a distinct style. Yeah, or know? stuck to or, a or genre. subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Hitchcock did. You know, he was like, I make. That's true. He he took stories that fit his style as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, or helped craft them or found them. You know, it wasn't the other way around. Uh, I'm gonna read you. He has uh, ten directing credits. Okay. Uh, 1993 is uh, the TV movie for Cabaret. Okay. Uh, 99 is American Beauty. 2002 is Road to Perdition. 2005 is Jarhead. Oh, right. Um, 2008 is Revolutionary Road. 2009 is Away We Go. Those are John mm. Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that movie. I never saw it, though. I didn't know he directed it, actually. Um, 2012 was Skyfall. 2015 was Spectre. Uh, and then he did a... Um, 2018 was a Louis Vuitton. Where will your journey take you? I don't know if it's a commercial or. Ooh. But uh, and then 2019 is 1917. 1917, 2019. 19, 20. Did I, like I say that? that? You see that? Yeah. Now I, I like that. That's the title with the year of production yeah, next okay. to it. 1917-2019. 1917-2019. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. It's the 2019 version of 1917. It is the 2019 version. And it very much is the 2019 version, being a one-shot <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for the entire uh, entirety of the film. All right, before we uh, get into specifics, what did you think about the trailer? The thing that I find really actually impressive um, right off the bat about the trailers is how well, um, you know, being this whole one-shot, mm-hmm. uh, how well the trailers cut together. As far as looking like a, a you know a traditional film made up of individually composed shots, okay, you know that's like that's how good the cine- like the visual design is of this giant oneer that mm-hmm. they've created for this film is that you know even as it's the camera is traveling or as we are you know arriving at different places and kind of settle in for uh, specific moments there is like this really striking cinematography mm-hmm. underlying all of that in between. You know, a lot of times with movies that are uh, take up this one shot kind of design, you end up with the opposite where it's more like, let's count on the audience to forgive a little bit of what the look is good because we're just like, hey, you know, it can't always look like a perfect movie, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're doing, you know, we're going to be traveling all over the place. We've got so many other technical considerations to deal with and you can't always like block the camera and the actors in like the most aesthetically pleasing spot, you know. 
Whereas this movie on the, you know, kind of like scope and the the level of talent they've got behind the camera, of course, Roger Deakins. Yes. Arguably the greatest living cinematographer. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, they've obviously surmounted, you know, taken up that challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, no, let's make a movie that's entirely a one but every moment of it, it looks just as good mm-hmm. as the movie we would have made if we had just made it as like individually composed shots. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Birdman definitely is the one movie I could think of that really similarly had like that kind of powerhouse talent behind the camera mm-hmm. to, you know, take up that that torch. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. It's like, you know, the the movie, you know, because the trailer doesn't even like bring attention to the fact that this is all a one shot. I didn't know it when the very first time I saw yeah. the trailer. So it was only no when idea. it started getting screened that it was like, oh, this is a one shot. Yeah. You Which know? is like impressive that they can conceal that and still make the trailer look so striking. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, obviously there is a lot of like uninterrupted mm-hmm. shots in the trailer, but even just when it's like people having a conversation, it's so convincingly cut together as like a back and forth Yeah, that you're like, well, it can't possibly be like that in the movie. Right. Because yeah. the camera's not going to just do this going from over this guy's shoulder, then going 180 degrees to over this guy's yeah, shoulder, yeah. then back a hundred, you know, throughout the scene mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's, you know, they're obviously, I think, you know, it was funny watching the trailer a, a second time. I was able to pick up on spots where they, you know, they really just cut in these soldiers saying something pretty generic mm-hmm. in the trailer. <laughs> so it's like that's probably from a totally different scene. Oh yeah, where yeah, it's just yeah, the yeah. two of them standing in a different, similar room saying like "Yes, sir." Yeah. Oh yeah. But yes, yes, yes. you know that that can't be from this exact same scene because mm-hmm. we're facing the complete opposite direction in this other shot. Yeah. Where uh, you know they're supposedly responding to this, so mm-hmm. you know it's it's cool. It's also just like a neat um, kind of like editorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, creative solution, you know, to like cutting a trailer for a movie like this, where you still want to make it look like there's these back and forths that are really meaningful <laughs> yeah, in the moment yeah. and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it was kind of cool to just like dissect the trailer a little bit after knowing that, like, cause just watching it at first, again, before knowing that it was all going to happen in one shot. Right. Um, you know, it just felt like, Oh, this looks like a really polished, you know, interesting war film. And, you know, it's about damn time like World War One got its fair shake. Yeah. As far as like war movie representation. Yeah. Because obviously it's it's pretty, you know, unbalanced as far as like World War One versus World War Two, how many movies have been made. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I get it. Nazis are just great villains. Yeah. You know, it's I think it really just comes down to that. Yeah. Like, you know, World War Two, you got fucking Hitler, <laughs> ultimate evil. <laughs> yeah. Real easy to dramatize that, you right, know. Right. Whereas World War One was much more ambiguous, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really, it was predicated on a lot of different things happening in a lot of different places, and there wasn't just like this one kind of big bad yeah, that yeah. was performing, you know, obviously the, you know, genocidal kind of nature of what he was up to as well was like, wow, we have to stop this, you mm-hmm. know. So, you know, I get it, it makes, that's definitely like the sexier if you'll excuse the term yeah you know a uh, um, bit of history yeah. to dramatize you know if you're looking to make a film but um but this is you know this one i'm i'm glad to see cuz world war 1 like the whole trench warfare thing is so horrifying yeah you know it's such a disgusting like and very unique to that war mm-hmm. uh on that scale at least you know kind of warfare and it's like really interesting to see a movie finally kind of take advantage of that mm-hmm. Uh, the particular kind of, you know, dread and suspense that can be, you know, mined from that. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, type of type of uh, altercation. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, no. I so in general, I think I think it's a really good trailer. Yeah, you know, I think it's 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 good on its own, mm-hmm. and then knowing that it's a oneer uh, makes the trailer actually even more impressive. Yeah. So I think um, I really liked the trailer a lot when I first saw it. I think the um, I kind of want to talk about. Uh, I don't want to say it looks like a serviceable like war movie, but mm-hmm. like you know, you've seen so many war movies. I think it it its standout is definitely like its cinematography. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's been a few times where I've caught uh, glimpses of a TV spot here and there where they've uh, actually shown a completely different scene. I actually uh, watched one last night that I, I kind of wish I didn't because the, the scene itself was just so arresting. I was like, fuck, I really wish I could have just experienced that right, in a in theater. In the context of the movie. Yeah, yeah. and it was... Um, but uh, no, 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 yeah. So I really like the trailer. I like the um, I like that the trailer sets up a, a simple enough story. Yeah. To get across it's like a race against time. Yeah. What yeah. the movie's about, um, you know, and it's just a simple plot. Like you need to stop this, or a shit ton of people die. Mm-hmm. And in that is you know, and, and that's it. Like I really, I really like that. So it allows sort of, um, especially with like Roger Deakins, and I think with Sam Mendes directing, like it allows from. Uh, hopefully some like good character development and obviously visual storytelling with the, with the one shot, Mm -hmm. you know, um, technique that they're, they're doing. I wanted to ask you what you thought about, I do really like the last shot. The last shot I think drives home like the one shot Mm -hmm. thing once you sort of discover it, because it is just like, you're waiting for a cut. I feel like you're waiting for, you know, a a look to the plane or, or something like that. But I wanted to know what you thought about the, uh, the giant text, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about uh, that creative choice to to do that with 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 uh, it coming in into 1917. Yeah, with the text, it's like a black screen with like cutouts of the yeah. the, the logo of the film, uh-huh. and you're kind of so you're seeing now the image through yeah. the logo, the 1917 logo. Um, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a cool creative choice. Uh, you know, they use that as a motif throughout the entire trailer. Right. With like text mm-hmm. uh, as, excuse me, uh, cutouts on a black overlay on top of the image. So you're just seeing through and then, you know, the text kind of, uh, I guess the yeah, best way to describe it, if anyone watches, well, everyone watches Stranger Things, but the way that every oh, episode yeah. starts when they, they kind of like zoom right, into right, the right. title and then the title becomes transparent. You're kind of like looking through the letters yes. now at the screen until we pass through. Okay. It's yeah. like that, but in reverse. You know, the title is now coming onto the screen yes. instead of coming <laughs> off of the screen. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, it's very, it's, I feel like it's fittingly dramatic. Yeah. Uh, for uh, the, you know, what's on display. It makes in the, the movie. movie feel bigger, like the trailer feel bigger. Yeah. And there's a nice, um, uh, there's a nice kind of just like combination of, of like movement that like the camera's moving backwards, mm-hmm. but then the image is like, you know, kind of zooming out as well while the text is coming in. So there's a couple of cool, like, uh, kind of, optical illusions yes. happening yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. you know, the, so it's very well like just thought out as well as the way that they use the, uh, um, opposing motion right. of, you know, the, what they're doing in post-production with what they did in camera. Yeah. So it definitely thought it was really made nice. Me yeah. help, uh, it made me like hold my breath. Like the first time I saw it, like in a theater, mm-hmm. uh, and because when it started happening, I was just so into all the images that once he starts running and then he starts getting smaller, I was like, oh, my God, what's, yeah. ha- what's happening now? Like, is it another scene we're going into? And then it was like, 
oh no, this is just the title to right. the movie. Like, yeah, this it's is kind of cool. Yeah, it kind of enhances like the magnitude of the battlefield that they're on as well. Like yeah. you feel like you're already feel like you're seeing so much of this battlefield, and then the fact that they're like kind of zooming away from that. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. You just you feel like you're. You feel like what's being cut out by the title is like just way more of this shit, you know, and it kind of just makes you even more enticed mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, uh, I really, I, I also, I dig the um, just the toys, choice with the title to do the vertical where it's like nineteen above seventeen. Um, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, the title because yeah. it it also kind of makes it look like um, like a clock or like a, like a military time. You know, in addition to the year okay, and yeah, with yeah, it yeah. being like, a, you know, at like, you know, military time, like 1917 is when this like right, invasion right. is supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and just underscoring the whole sort of like real time element of this. Yes. Like it's yeah, it's a time period, but it's also like a race against the clock. Mm-hmm. And it's also this, you know, the military time thing definitely, of course, gives it the war movie. <laughs> they use the ticking clock well, in the trailer, right? The t- t- yeah. Don't yeah. They? Yeah. Right. OK. Yeah. I think so. Um, let's say. And then just every trailer I think now has to have like a rhythmically repeated sound effect. Yeah. Um, even uh, we were thinking we were either going to review this trailer or Underwater. Yeah. Uh, and all, Underwater also has like. <sighs> oh yeah, the breathing. Yeah. Like yeah. breathing. It's just every fucking trailer nowadays. Even Bad Boys for do. Life uses that shitty P Diddy song. Mm-hmm. And it's like. And then they just take like one sound effect that you hear <laughs> in the trailer, and then. I don't know. Did Hereditary start that? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was around before that, but I know that was pro- that was a real popular one. Yeah. That definitely did that with the little like click sound. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. The second thing I wanted to bring up was maybe a for a bigger conversation. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. One other thing. Yes. Something really weird I noticed about that shot though, and not I guess not weird, but it was just funny. The one where he's running. Yeah. What? What? So in the first trailer. Yeah. Uh. Or I should I should say in the second and third trailer there are more explosions in the background than in the first trailer. So does it like start they added, earlier? Or? They added more explosions. <laughs> oh, the ones that are in the first trailer are still there in the second and third, but there are now also more explosions. Oh, okay. Yeah, that weren't in the first. The one. same shot, same exact shot in the first one. Huh. Yeah. So I don't know. The first trailer didn't You're gonna didn't count? test whether there weren't <laughs> enough explosions at the end, so they added like two more. <laughs> Um, it's just weird. It just jumped out at me. I was like, I, I don't know. The shot's like very memorable, and yeah. so I was watching, it and I was like, I don't remember there being like two explosions right there. And then I went back to the first trailer, and was like, Nope, there weren't. There was only one. Oh wow, no, there's two, and That's then there were a couple others that I yeah noticed as well. Hmm. Started counting explosions. You're just trying to find something wrong with this, aren't you? I, it just, you just, I just, can't turn it off, just, man. I was just about it to just say, happened. I know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> just watching. I went, Wait, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Fuck is that, Mr. American Beauty? Mr. Mendez. Sam Mendez. Yeah, that director better not slip out on this one. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> um okay, so I don't think we ever like talked about this movie, but I'm gonna bring up Dunkirk. Yeah. Because oh, you got to. This movie, it kind of feels like Dunkirk. There's a, yeah, a little bit a war movie with a strong like time unit time manipulation mechanic. Yeah. Uh, or technique behind it, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, uh, I'll say that the and this is the first like this is also like the first like studio prestige picture war film released post Dunkirk, which true. obviously, you know, uh, kind of 
up the ante a bit yeah. for that type of filmmaking. I, you know, we've I'm sure I've brought up on the show that I wasn't really a fan of Dunkirk, right? right. Um, but the scope of the production is yeah. amazing. You know, it's incredible, like what they did to make this movie. Right. I just wish I liked it better. And also, like the, <laughs> even the trailer to Dunkirk was very much. You know, kind of the same thing. It used the ticking clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there yep. were there were you know, very you know, Dunkirk wasn't done in in one shot. Uh, right. You know, cr- you know, like with, uh, like nineteen seventeen, like nineteen seventeen. Yeah. But um, it did use the ticking clock, and you know, even some of the images are just as striking, mm-hmm. and you know, just as like in your face, and you know, like it really puts you like in the seat of you know a fighter pilot or like on the beach yeah. with them, and even that last shot of the Dunkirk trailer where all of those uh, soldiers are on that pier and they hear that, oh, they hear yeah. that plane and coming. Turn around, it's yeah. just, they're just turn around, but you never, they never turn back to the plane, at least in the trailer, in the mm-hmm. trailer is very kind of similar to this running shot. Yeah, of this moving this moving shot and the, the titles coming in. It's like the it's like a direct challenge. To, it's like it oh is. yeah, <laughs> yeah right. We're gonna yeah, show we'll everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. our camera faces the other way, <laughs> Mr. Art House. Um, <laughs> so I thought it was interesting that like you know, um, it's not the same movie, but I just get like a particular a similar vibe between you know Dunkirk and in this movie mm-hmm. and. Um, not that I, I not that I want to ask like, do you think which one will be the better movie? But yeah. like, you know, um, do you feel like this movie owes a bit of credit to, based off the trailer probably, to I Dunkirk? Mean, I I would imagine that like this movie probably wouldn't have been made if Dunkirk hadn't come out. Okay, because you know, for the for a studio to put this much kind of firepower. Right and resources behind a period piece, you know, it's a war movie. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of high concept. Bunch your, of no name actors. Your leads are no names. Yeah, you know, your supporting um, cast is yeah, are exactly. The names, you know, you yeah. know uh, if they weren't, you know, if they didn't think that they were gonna, you know, a make it profitable and b get some sort of awards recognition for it, right? You know, they they went and Dunkirk proved that you can do that. Yes, you know, um, on this kind of scope. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I think it definitely owes a debt of gratitude to it uh, on that front, and I'm sure you know Mendes himself probably took a lot from Dunkirk as far as just, you know, holy shit, this is how you do this type of film, you know, as far as like the period authenticity Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how you portray various types of, you know, wartime situation, you know, going from that, like, you know, very like pulled back, large, more like poetic, almost lyrical kind of look at war versus like, you know, making it human Mm -hmm. and getting, uh, you know, into the individual lives and like how it affects them. Right. You know, the people fighting the war on top of just like the war itself as a concept Mm -hmm. and how that fucks everything, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm sure 100 percent. Yeah, that this is definitely it was a a huge debt of gratitude to to Dunkirk. Um, yeah, I personally also think that this, you know, again, haven't seen this yet, so yeah. who knows? I right up until the moment I was watching Dunkirk, I was fucking convinced this was going to be like one of the greatest yeah, yeah, movie yeah, events yeah. of my life. You right, know? right. Um, so you know, this could go the same way, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like to me, again, kind of what I mentioned about, um, you know, both they're both war films that have this time manipulation or uh, time related mechanic to the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for, you know, if anyone hasn't seen Dunkirk, it, you know, takes place on like three theaters of operations, right? There's like, uh, you know, the, the troops on the ground trying to get off of the beach, right? There's, uh, you know, the Naval, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, rescue mission, and then there's like the Air Force mission, right? And they all, you know, have like different time frames. Like if you're, you know, when you're flying a plane, you're limited by how much fuel you have. So yeah. you go in, and you got to be back in like an hour. Yeah. You know, whereas like if you're on boats trying to go over there and save them, that takes like a week. Yeah. Right. You know, or like a few days, and then the people that are there trying to get rescued, they've been stranded for like a week. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're all experiencing time in like a very different fashion because yeah. it's like they're involvement is sort of like expanded or contracted based on what theater they fight in. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really interesting idea. Yeah. I just took, you know, took issue with the execution of it. Right, right, right. Uh, and um, so, yeah, and then this movie, obviously, yeah, it's this one or like, hey, you have to go deliver this message. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you have to go deliver this message before this time this amount of time elapses yeah because at that point it's all fucked yeah um you know so uh you know they both have that kind of element to the uh the storytelling mm-hmm. the way that they're manipulating time to draw you into you know the immersion or get you more immersed in the story being told right um and for my money you know this looks like a much kind of better uh combination of form and function okay. to really get me engrossed into that kind of like you know war what it's like to be in the middle of a battlefield yeah um or experiencing the horrors of war or uh-huh. whatever um and it's you know it's funny too because it, it, yeah it, it obviously like when you think about it now i mean it, it seems so obvious that i started thinking about it last night like has why has no one else done this before like, like just a, a one shot real time like real-time? a real time oneer where we're like running against the clock it seems like such a you think it'd be designed so for a obvious, movie, like, yeah. yeah, like a war movie. But yeah. most one one shot movies I can think of aren't designed that way. Like, no. I mean, Birdman definitely famous, but that has we go through a, at least a few days yes. worth of time. There's like time lapses where we pass, uh-huh. you know, through time. Um, even the one movie that you and I saw that was like a true one shot uh, was it like Veronica Victoria Victoria Yeah. That was that movie's a true one shot. It's not a constructed one or they actually shot. It's like two hours. Yeah. It's actually all one shot. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but that didn't really have like a race against the clock. It no, you know it there just... that wasn't like in it like, hey, you've got to do this before this thing happens. Right, right. You know, and like we're watching time count down kind of like throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it just it seems like such a obviously effective mm. pairing. You know, that uh, it's it's cool that like it's fine. You know, now that like the idea is out there. Yeah. And it seems like, oh, yeah, that's like seems really obvious, actually. I wonder what like the idea behind because I think about like Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like you think about that being there's obviously a race against time. Yeah. In that one, we need to find Private Ryan or, you know, this and this and this will happen or not happen. And but that movie's like what well, it's over two hours, right? Isn't yeah. it through like some I forget what the running time is. But uh I mean, do you feel like do you ever remember feeling like in Saving Private Ryan that there is that sense of like time? It really isn't. I mean No, not really. Yeah. I mean because yeah, there's definitely, you know, it'll cut to the, them like camped up for the night and you know, things right. like that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean because they're because they're not like in saving for they're just trying to you know deliver this message and get him like out of the battlefield right it's not, but it's not like he's about to walk into a trap and you got to get there in like three days or everything's yeah. fucked right, right, right. you know they're still trying to get there quickly obviously mm-hmm. but um but yeah there's not that sort of 
that kind of impetus to you know make this happen yeah. by this like minute you know <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and I don't even you know to be honest I don't even actually know a hundred percent that this is all like totally real time uh, in this movie yeah I don't know I'm guessing that it is because it just seems again like so obvious right and and like a very compelling idea yeah you know, that's what I was gonna say now that it seems so obvious I'm like I'm excited to see this yeah I know that they had to like they had to I don't know to what extent but even though it it is a constructed one shot, yeah. You know, film, uh, so much so that I think he had to like write us. They had him and like Deacons had to write a separate script around just it being one shot and where to where to where to hide it mm-hmm. and where to do it. You know, so that oh, it sure, just looked, yeah, like you know, their shooting script. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, but um, yeah, I wonder if I'll have. Uh, I'm also thinking about since you brought up, you know, um, the two actors being at least to us relatively unknowns. You know, if like that helps in sort of the it being a one shot and it being, you know, this this real time thing, because, you know, either one of them could go at any minute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like I'm hoping that, you know, Robert Pattinson makes it to the right. end or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so, a good point, too. Yeah. So I wonder if like that also helps in immersing us in the world, because I don't know, maybe for Saving Private Ryan, we we sort of know that like Tom Hanks will make it towards to the end, you know? Um, whereas either of these guys there, you know, there is, there is the ticking time bomb of their mission, but also like of their lives as well. So it's just like, um, it might up that ante or up that, you know, drama of, of, you know, yeah, because Hanks, well, he dies at the end. He dies at the end. Yeah, he does it, it, but he makes it to the end. He makes it to the end. Whereas, yeah, with, with no names, you're kind of like, they're not going to save a big dramatic, you know, or they, they don't have to save the big dramatic death for the end. Yes. This could just like he steps on a fucking landmine and it's 30 done. minutes in and bye bye that dude. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Well, because the one part there's, in that yeah, trailer, there's a great, it's a really good point, though. There's yeah. a much greater sense of danger yeah. when there are no names, because, again, they're not trying to like, you know, there's always like an impetus to like preserve your star power. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you've got it in mm-hmm. the movie, you want to, you know, you want to flaunt it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and then, yeah, if you're going to kill them off, you do it at the end. So you get like this big emotional punch and then the fucking movie's over anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, with these guys, it's fucking, I mean, anything goes, I could just go anytime. Yeah. yeah. You're not, <laughs> right, right. you're not thrown away. Like, yeah, you're, you're big star or no, anything no, no, like no. that. Do you like the one shot? I don't know. I don't want to call it a trope, Yeah, but I'm going to call it a trope. Do you like technique. the one technique technique? Yeah. Do you like the one shot technique in movies in general? Um, do you I, like to know it's a one shot? Like ahead of time? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't really, you know, in a way it shouldn't matter. Like okay. if the movie's good, then like they've deployed this particular, uh, you know, technique for a reason. Yeah. And then it's fine if I discover that's the case once I'm watching the movie. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's, I'm trying to think of some, there's a couple things that I've seen in the past that it was, oh, more, I guess more like TV shows, like, um, well, I get, like Kerry Fukunaga as a director, he's famous for he always has like one yeah. like really long, complex take okay. in his movies or you know, whatever he does. And there's uh in season one of True Detective, which he directed all of. Yeah. There's this like raid on a you know, uh, like drug den in the projects. Oh, that's right. Yes. And it was, you know, that was one of those things where it was really cool that I noticed it was a Warner wall it was happening. Yeah. That like added to it. Where okay. all of a sudden, like three, four minutes in, you're like, wait a second, there hasn't there's been, been any cut. cut. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. this is fucking wild, right, you know? Right. 
Um, but for a movie, you know, where it's it's that extended, and obviously, you know, for a TV show to do it in like one sequence of a longer piece uh-huh. is very different than a movie that commits to it for its entire runtime. Right, right, right. So of course, it can become like really gimmicky mm-hmm. um, or just really forced. You know, where again, it's like this isn't this obviously is not the best way to tell this story right now. Okay. But you just were wanted to do this because you thought it would be cool. Yes. Um, and I've definitely seen that happen a lot with it. Um, definitely looking at Sam Esmail from Mr. Robot. Okay. Okay. Uh, he did an entire episode. In a one uh, shot? In season three, that was one shot. Okay. And it was like, it was obviously a way of extended what was like 10 minutes of story into a 42 minute, you know, gotcha. hour filling episode of television. Okay. Um, cause that he did real time. That was all, it was a real time thing, but it's oh. like that literally like people riding elevators, um, mm, okay. logging in on computers yeah. while the camera's like spinning in circles around them. And it's like, you have nothing to tell here visually. Ugh. There's nothing happening. That that's interesting. <laughs> and it was, dude, it was fucking painful to watch. It was very, very poorly executed, but you know, so, so it really, it's like anything. It's just, it's yeah. a technique. It can go if it's used well then it's awesome. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then it sucks. <laughs> I feel like... Uh, uh, but that's just because it's just not the right way to tell the story, you know? Right. And that's that's what it always comes down to with that kind of, like, consideration. So if it's the right way to tell the story, then I love it. Then you're good. Yeah. Like, Birdman was excellent. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then, um, I mean, well, there's, you know, Alfred Hitchcock's Rope mm-hmm. uh, is is excellent. You know, that's a constructed one-er. Okay. And a very, um, you know... For the 1950s, I'm sure it was a lot more convincing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how seamless uh, the edits were in this movie, but uh, <laughs> watching it nowadays, it's 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 pretty seamful uh, <laughs> when you watch it. But the first movie that I can think of that I'm aware of that was like a true oneer uh-huh. is that movie Russian Ark. Oh yeah, um, I heard of it. That's like a if you ever went to film school, like you've heard of this movie. Yes, like I've heard oh, of this yeah, movie. It's, no, it's, a, it's it's all one shot. It's ninety minutes. It's really one shot. But there's like you know, it's crazy. There's like three thousand extras. Yeah, it tells the story of like you know Russia for the past like thousand years. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking wild. Like yeah. it's really, really. I mean, it's it's impressive. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, just how like baroque and like incredibly you know that that's one of those things where it's. Almost what's impressive about it is the fact that you are constantly reminded that this is constructed. You know? Right. Even though it's all an actual oneer, mm-hmm. it's constantly putting in you in awe of the production itself. So you're mm-hmm. always being reminded that you're watching a movie. It's, yeah. It goes very much against the common logic of like making it feel like you're not watching a movie or forgetting mm-hmm. that you are and just being absorbed in the reality of it. And um yeah, it's one of those things that's kind of like the contradiction of the Warner at its core, though, is like it is obviously a very immersive technique because you can really just stay with the character or the scenario like moment to moment as mm-hmm. it's unfolding. But at the same time, it's such a like um, noticeable technique yeah, that it really does draw attention to itself as a stylistic choice or a cinematic technique yeah or even just like you know the trick camera trickery that's involved in in creating those types of shots right so it's like while it is this very immersive thing it's also this thing that very much calls attention to the fact that you're watching a movie you know yeah. so it, it kind of like it does both mm-hmm. and uh you know combating that is really the the big challenge of course there's like a giant technical challenge but mm-hmm. i guess the creative challenge of the wonder is making it putting it 
not at odds with itself. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Because um, by nature, it kind of is. Yes. So it's a, it's a very interesting, like, hurdle to overcome, mm-hmm. you know, of, like... And just being also just, like, conscious as a director of, like, at what moments your audience is going to be acutely feeling the technical uh, element of the wonder versus when they're going to be feeling the immersive emotional element of the wonder and being able to control your film and the way that you're using the camera in mm-hmm. those moments to like balance those out okay, and make sure that people are kind of in the right place with it at the right times. Yeah. Yeah. And not, you know, you don't want to do this like, you know, insanely challenging technical move like like the camera moves through a wall yeah yeah, you know like during an emotional beat Uh because you want people paying attention to the emotion not going how the fuck did they get the camera through that fucking wall you know but if you're going to show like a big spectacle moment like a battlefield or something then it's like yeah do some impossible camera shit right on top of it because people are already in spectacle mode Mm -hmm. you know so you know that's that's really i guess where i feel like people fall flat with the wonder you know okay um, is when they they fail to manage those things manage properly. Those two things, yeah. yeah, I feel like um, not that there were a lot of wonders in it, but I, I remember watching like because um, right now hearing you talk about all, about all that, I have like a couple movies in my head that aren't they're not wonders, but they're um, they're like somewhat uh, real time. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking like like when Scott Pilgrim versus the World came out, it was like. I'm sure I'd seen it before, but it was one of the times when I was watching the special features to that movie where there were sequences in that movie that they showed behind the scenes of of like, okay, this person walks in here and then 20 people have to change the set behind them because mm-hmm. they're going to do this one shot to complete this because the room they walk into is this, but f- what they walked into the room from has to change into like a classroom hallway. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like those, those moments that I think about. Um, yeah, that I, I really like. I mean, I think about the movie uh, Lock that Tom Hardy mm-hmm. did, where it's just, just in driving the car. a car on the phone. It's yeah. just like in that's just it's just one setting. It's not you know real time, but I think the movie's only like an hour and twenty or an hour and thirty or something like that. But you know the story behind that is that Stephen Knight, the guy who wrote and directed it, like they they shot it uh, oh, uh, three nights in a row, and they just did it like a play. They set up cameras, different angles, and then he went through the entire thing. Mm. You know, Tom Hardy went through the entire, yeah, like the like whole a, movie. The yeah. whole movie, he went through the entire movie three times, and that's he. Then he just had enough to, yeah, to edit that together into like a, a you know, quote unquote, real time thing. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, last movie I think about is one that we we saw recently was that movie uh, Loose. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not L U Z L U Z. Yeah, Loose, and it's actually on Shutter now. Oh sweet! It just came oh, up cool. on Shutter. I would last like ones. to watch that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not uh, a one shot, but it's only 70 minutes. Yeah. And so and it felt like for the story and everything that was happening, like when I when I watched it, or when we saw it at Music Box, it actually felt like something that could happen in 70 minutes, mm-hmm. like the series of events. Yeah. Of, uh, that were happening, you know, this possession and everything going on um, felt like something that could happen in 70 minutes. And aside from being an enjoyable 70 minutes, like. I was like, yeah, I, I got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like this, this feels very accurate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so I don't know if I'm like beginning to be a fan of stuff that actually like happens in real time, even though even if it's like edited mm-hmm. like a movie, because I don't, I don't want to like go to a movie and start thinking about like, oh, I, I saw where they hid this edit or mm-hmm. this and that, and 
in that DGA interview that I listened to with Sam Mendes, he, I guess the first time he screened it, he made sure not to tell the audience it was a one shot. And, you know, at the end, nobody knew that it was because they were just so wrapped up in it. Nobody, yeah. nobody noticed. That's awesome. That it was actually a one shot. And I'm yeah. like, I think that's what I'm looking for next is mm-hmm. for someone to is for it doesn't have to be a whole movie, I guess, but for something like that to happen where I'm sitting down to watch something and I someone has to tell me like, oh, that was the whole movie was a one shot. You didn't notice. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, no. Like, Jesus, that was amazing. You know, to sort of feel and experience. And it sounds like this movie is that. Mm-hmm. In, in some way where you, you know, you won't be looking at it technically. Yeah. Um, and not that I go into every movie with the mind to look at it technically, but um, since we don't get many like one shot movies or, con- you know, designed one shot movies. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be something that is on my mind while I'm watching it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's totally it's yeah. I, I, that would be awesome. I mean, it, you know, the cat's already out of the bag. Well, right? yeah, you know, it's a winner no, 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 at this yeah. point, so it's impossible <laughs> yeah. not to. But I mean, that is really cool, though. That like, yeah, the you know, again, speaks to having this sort of like impeccable visual design where it's almost moments where you know, when you're watching it, I could see, yeah, that you're like start to think you're like, wait, has there been an edit? But then you start to think about some of the shots you've seen. You're like, there has to have been an edit. There's no way. Yes, right, 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 right. Those striking of images were you know uh, uh, put together you know in that yeah. kind of fashion because it's just like conventionally that's just something you don't think is possible with that mm-hmm. it's more what i said earlier like uh, you got to forgive a couple things because yeah that's true we're that's trying true. to do this thing here you know right, and right. sometimes it's not perfect <laughs> but um and especially with like uh, veronica that one definitely oh yeah, you know, yeah. That victoria was victoria yeah. yeah that was the like least visually striking i threw up in the middle of that movie one or did you? Yeah, I went to the bathroom and vomited. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to pee. Yeah. And I wasn't like yeah. sick. I think I had a beer, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of that movie, I, I had to get up and I threw up in the bathroom and wow. came back. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was a much lower budget film, too. Yeah. So they didn't have all these like, you know, insane like helicopter gyroscopes and stuff <laughs> yeah, to mount the camera right. to while we're yeah. like moving from like car to car and yeah. shit like, you know, it was. It was pretty frantic, but that movie definitely was like, hey, we're, you know, just we're trying to do this two hour one or thing. So, yeah, fucking relax. All right. <laughs> just watch the thing. Um, but, uh, you know, the only scene I really remember from that movie is her playing the piano. Yes. Because it was amazing. It was, it was great. So good. Yeah, it was a great scene. Yeah. Uh, it was just like that should have you could have just like submitted that to like a short film contest. <laughs> right. And I would have rather I would have thought way higher of that than this entire the film. Whole movie. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the real time movies. I uh, I was thinking of um, what was it Nick of Time, the Nick- Johnny Depp movie. I never saw. It. Is that a sure one shot movie? It's not a one shot, but it's real time. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's like a. It's 90 minutes, like real time 90 minutes. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and then uh, was that Mike Figgis movie Time Code? Uh, also, not not oneers, but that was all real time. That had like four different stories. Interesting. Uh, it's like the whole the whole movie. The screen is in four quadrants. Oh, and there's four different movies all playing okay. all out in real time. They're just like four different characters, and they, you know, they intersect and move between each yeah, other and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But it's a, uh, it's a more interesting experiment than it is a good movie. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's whole the whole conceit of that was like this is a real ninety minutes. Oh, and then well, it's not real time, but uh, the Anya's Varda film Cleo from nine to five mm. is. Uh, 
I can't. That maybe that is real time. She's waiting on the test. She's like a, a prostitute in France. Oh. And she's waiting to get test results back. Oh. On whether or not she has like an STD. And but that's the whole thing? It's the movie. Yeah. It's no like during shit. The, like 90 minutes where she's like waiting wow. to get the results back. All right. Um, but uh, if I remember right, I can't remember if it's actually like 90 or if it's a longer period of time, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's like a nope. We, go she's like you got the test you'll get the results in this amount of time and we're like waiting you know? <laughs> Jesus. um but uh um but yeah uh the you know it's interesting though because it got me thinking yeah again the um similarities between dunkirk and and this movie yeah and again like having these kind of like time manipulation mechanics i was like is that is that kind of like a common thing in war films to have this, you know, like, how are we going to, you know, manipulate time in this film to, you know, more mm. accurately convey, like, what it's like to be in war? Because, you mm. know, it is one of those things. It's, It feels like you're totally disconnected from everything else. Everything, you're, like, stuck inside of this, you know, horrible bubble, you know? Yeah, right. And, and it's like the world around you just, like, disappears. You yeah. Know? And you lose track of, yeah, the days, the months, because it doesn't matter anymore. You know, it's there's no, like, days off in a war. Right, you know, exactly. it's all just yeah. dread. I'm guessing. Um, did you ever see uh, Jarhead? I did. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like I I feel like I should watch it again. Yeah, I I don't remember it that well. Uh, I feel like I remember thinking parts of it were excellent, okay. and other parts were not so much. What really? Um, I thought it was going to be more of a because I, I remember the trailer to that movie having a Kanye West song to it. Like (laughs) that was literally that was the beat of the trailer. Okay, and so, um, you know, I was Kanye West fan, and you know, like so, a a war movie with this music. I was like expecting a a a particular movie, but then when I watched it, it was a lot deeper than I think I was like ready for. Maybe Mm -hmm. at that age that I saw it, Um, because I just hadn't seen uh, like a semi art house war movie. Yeah. And all I can remember from the movie is Jake Gyllenhaal wanting to kill somebody. But in the movie, there's always these moments where it's it's set up, but he never gets to kill somebody. And it's like one of the reasons he signs up is to just, you know, do this. Yeah. Is to be not a murderer or killer, but just to have this like, I got one or this and that. Mm-hmm. And I never happens yeah. in the entire movie. And it was one of the things that really stuck with me from that movie is that like my main character, the person that I, I I'm with in this movie, just never got to do what mm-hmm. he wanted to do yeah. while he served. <laughs> and I, I like where where all this killing is going on. Yeah. And the one person wants to do it and he doesn't do it or can't. Something always comes up that, you know, gets in the way. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. And I and I, I can't remember whatever what the bigger storyline other than that was in that movie, but um, you know, uh, it was an interesting I guess since we're talking about time, I figure it's an interesting thing to, interesting way to deal with time. Like you're just waiting for this to happen, but mm-hmm. then it just never does. Yeah. And so, you know, what does that do to your character, but also like your audience? Mm-hmm. Because you're wanting <laughs> yeah. to have it happen as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to think of like other war movies that like I'm a, I'm a, f- like a fan of mm-hmm. aside from, you know, saving private Ryan or, yeah, you know, it's like, like, as I started thinking about it, it seemed like, uh, most of them do have some, it's not as pronounced as like 1917 and Dunkirk, mm-hmm. 
But, you know, I was thinking, like, uh, well, you haven't seen Apocalypse Now. No. Uh, which, yeah, we're talking about remedying. Yes. Uh, to anyone who's... Very soon. To anyone who's going, what? What? Right now? Um, yeah, which is, that's everyone's reaction. <laughs> and it's an appropriate reaction, <laughs> it but it's been... We're on it. <laughs> we're taking care <laughs> yeah. of it. Um, but anyway, there... Uh, and this is not going to spoil anything, yeah. but uh, that movie very specifically has a completely... Completely robs you of any sense of time. Okay. Like, you know, once we get to... We're on this mission where we're on this, like, boat going to find this dude. It yeah, is yeah. like you have no fucking clue Okay. whether it's been a day, a month anything all you right. know it really does kind of you know and the way that the whole movie plays out with like all these just really insane scenarios and also just that the you know the characters themselves are starting to um suffer some of the consequences mm-hmm. of being stuck in this kind of mentality or you know horrible mindset for too long yeah um that uh you know that that very much plays into well it's again it's not something that uh you know the the style the storytelling of the film really draws attention to mm-hmm. it's very very much a present uh, uh element of the film and okay. has a strong impact on the viewer and the way yeah. that you know the characters are being portrayed and kind of where you end up mm-hmm. at the, by the end of by that thing too yeah. where you're just in this like swirl okay of like i don't know what happened when or what was real or, you know yeah any of this so uh it's it definitely uses that as a way of of you know uh discombobulating you and, okay. and putting you off balance you know um and and it is one of those things where you you know you don't realize how much of an impact that has on you until you're kind of like mired in it where it's like when you start to really you don't know where one day ends and another begins okay um and uh, and then you know Full Metal Jacket, I think you know more so just really has that big time jump in the middle. Yeah, where it's like you just you know you go from this like one really intense situation to this other really intense situation, but yet in each one it feels like you've kind of always been there. Uh, okay. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like you know by the time you get to like the second half of that movie, like ten minutes into that, the first half of the movie feels like a whole other world. It yeah, feels like yeah. a different movie that you watched, yeah. you know, because like, that's kind of where the characters are too. Okay. It's like boot camp. That's like, right. A fucking lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in fucking Vietnam since then. Yeah, like in that right. war. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Every day is like a lifetime, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then just putting you into this complete other situation that is like, so heads and tails, nothing like all the training you were put through, you know, yeah. you're basically just complete, completely in the dark, figuring it out as you go, mm-hmm. relying on little, nuggets of wisdom you get from <laughs> other ins- people who are probably even more insane than you are because they've been here longer yeah you know um and all that and again you know it's it's a very you know it doesn't draw attention to itself as a technique but again everybody talks about with that movie like the two halves yeah yeah you know and again that is a that's a big manipulation of time isn't that like that. isn't that like sean sean has mentioned that like he loves yeah he loves likes the first half, half hates the second half, half. Hates yeah second half, yeah. And, and, yeah which i feel is more him repeating <laughs> popular opinion than <laughs> How he actually feels because he probably hasn't fucking watched it <laughs> in like thirty years. But Sean's anyway. a real star of this episode. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't plan for this at all, but he talks about how a lot of our episodes are talking about him. It's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> when I can't shit on the person sitting in front of me, I use you as an analog. <laughs> so I can make fun of your opinion, but Bobby knows I'm talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I always know what I'll talk shit to your face. Oh, you do. That's what I was about to say. I was just like, you never shy away from telling me I'm a (laughs) lunatic about whatever. So, but and vice versa. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so no, it's so it's interesting. It's one of those things I never really thought of in conjunction with war films. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like a very uh, kind of a prevalent element, at least to a lot of the more auteur-driven. Yeah, you know, again, the ones I brought up are like, yeah, Christopher Nolan, Sam Mendes, Stanley Kubrick, and fucking Francis Ford Coppola. So these are not like your, you know, this isn't Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of like, Ugh. there's not a lot of time manipulation going on in that. Roland Emmerich's just, Midway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh, yeah. The movie, everyone went, did did that come out? It yes, it did. Out. It did, did come, come out. out. Came and went. Came and went. <laughs> anyway. You have your notebook opened up. Is there any... Uh, oh, no. I think it got through everything. You got through Got yeah. through your... Just little reminder notes. Little reminder notes. I'm just hoping Sam Mendes doesn't fuck it up. That was my last note in here. I actually have it written, don't fuck it up, Mendes. <laughs> um, I love that you wrote that. I, did, I had to. Good. That's Because it, it was there was too much positivity do you like some mendes as a director on this half of the pick because i have my here's my underwater notes and here's my 1917 (laughs) notes okay uh and i got to the end of it and i was like you know what this is all way too positive way too positive yeah to throw in a i i gotta make sure to to you know i still have some healthy skepticism here yeah as far as this movie goes it looks like it's gonna be very good Mm mm-hmm I will grant it that. I think there's a lot of excellent decision making that I can extrapolate just from this trailer. And you're working with Roger Deakins, so you know, it's it's if it's bad, it's only gonna be so bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still gonna be real fucking nice to look at. Right. Um I'm glad that post um I I I really liked uh, Skyfall a lot. Um I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Spectre. Yeah. Um, but I like that post-Bond, he is parlaying that success. I mean, those movies, I would say, are, are successes um, into something challenging like this mm-hmm. for him. Like, yeah. So constructed one-shot with Roger Deakins, like, you know, like we were just like saying in the beginning, like unknown leads, you know, and yeah. it, it seems like it is a very, uh, like a challenge. Like yeah. I need to do something to sort of, you know, make another stake in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel it, man. The more like we, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I feel like this really is Sam Mendes like throwing the glove down at Nolan. <laughs> there was that shot we were talking about at the end. He yes, just did the opposite the shot. Opposite but shot. like, but also I just realized that um, uh, Hoytum van Hoytema, yeah, uh, shot Skyfall, and then went on to shoot Dunkirk. Who? Oh yeah, because Deacon shot Spectre. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Right. But so his DP went on to shoot Dunkirk, and so he was like, "Well, fuck you. I'm gonna get Deacon's then." <laughs> Yes. I'm gonna do my goddamn movie. It's like uh That's right. Yeah, it feels like um you know, it was like in the uh Wes Craven and Sam Raimi had like a back and forth in some of their movies. Mm. Like they were constantly challenging the first Evil Dead movie, there's a Hills Have Eyes poster and it's torn in half. Oh, okay. And um that was it was he put it in there to mean like that's not real horror. That's bullshit. Yeah, Fuck yeah. that movie. <laughs> this is real horror. Okay. And then in um I believe it's Nightmare, I think Nightmare on Elm Street one, uh, Evil Dead. There's an Evil Dead poster that's ripped in half uh, on one of the walls, and then uh, I'm trying to remember. Competition there, there was, yeah. There was a little nice. bit of back and forth. I, I don't like remember it. all of them, but there were there was a couple back and forths. Yeah. Uh, between the two of them, and it was this like kind of inside joke between the two of them that they were just like, "No, fuck you. You're not movies horror. This is fucking horror." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like I feel like Sam Mendes is doing that to Christopher Nolan right now. I feel like Christopher Nolan is just like. Pitch, please. <laughs> Don't make me tenant. I'll tenant you in a yeah. couple months. <laughs> so fuck off. Getting back in my wheel. I'm getting back in here. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Um, I hope he doesn't fuck it up either. Um, it lo- I'm pretty excited to see the movie. Yeah. I, I really want to 
uh, check it out. But it's been—I feel like it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, a, but yeah, in, in general, though, I—I I don't know that I would say I feel that any of Mendy's movies are truly great. Um, like I said, Road to, I think Road to Perdition is my favorite of his movies. Um, Revolutionary Road was very good. I never saw you it. Know, excellent acting yeah. in it. Um, uh, I didn't see Away We Go, so I can't mm. comment on that. But it doesn't look like it's going to be a contender for my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought the Bond movies were okay. Yeah, no, you weren't. I, a big I fan. wasn't a huge yeah. fan of either of those two. He also he clearly wasn't a fan of Spectres. So yeah, I don't <laughs> so, think yeah. it, it's impossible to be a yeah. fan of that movie. I yeah. would hope it's not very good. Um, and I've you know, like I said, I've seen a few of his movies I have liked. I did. I I remember. Again, I don't remember a lot about Jarhead, but I have I to do remember it. I, in general. I think having a positive opinion of it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, so it's and this looks, you know, interesting enough to me. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I like the concept here, and again, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see a, a World War One movie. Yeah, I think is also just kind of cool, mm-hmm. uh, in its own right. But um, yeah, so there's there's enough here that I'm interested. But again, don't fuck it up, Mendy's, because. It's a very real possibility. Um, okay, so my final thing is that you do know that I bought Dunkirk on Black Friday. I do. Okay. Um, I think I know where this is headed. Yeah. So I want to know, do I... I have been honestly meaning to revisit it because yeah. I want. I genuinely want to revisit it. Um, but do you think I watch Dunkirk before I see this movie? Mm. Or do I see this movie... And watch Dunkirk. Now, I'm not trying to say one's going to be better than the other or whatever it is, but just in terms of my uh, cinematic education. Yeah. Because I wasn't the biggest fan of Dunkirk either. Like, I took Alex, my sister Alex, to go see it. And she likes Christopher Nolan. She's loved everything. You know, I don't think she's seen Memento, but sort of the more of the mainstream Mm -hmm. uh, stuff she's seen. And she really likes it, likes all of his work. But even she was not you know, uh, not having, you know, the cinematic education you and I have, uh, as impressed and, and, you know, blown away, let's say by Dunkirk. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Oh man, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, cause you, I mean, you certainly risk just like, I don't know, really not liking it again and maybe just being like, I don't fucking want to watch another, like, you know, (laughs) war movie, like period war early, you know, true early 20th century war movie. Yeah. You know? um, and I think about me. it like that. Yeah. Um, or I guess even, you know, you, if, if you have an about face and you're like, holy shit, I really like this movie. Yeah. Then, you know, now you're probably inevitably going to be comparing 1917 to it. And if it doesn't live up to your now positive opinion of this other film, mm-hmm. it could suffer by comparison yeah. when it might be totally fine standing on its own two legs. So maybe see this movie first. Yeah, I'd say Go just see clean. this and just judge it on its own merits. It on its own. Yeah, I think you've seen Dunkirk. I have. You know how you felt about it. Yes, you can revisit it at your leisure. That's true. Maybe this movie will inspire you to do so. Yeah, yeah but I think you should just go into this without, uh, without you know Nolan's clogging up your mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm hoping that we see 1917 together. Yeah, I would like to. And if you're interested in watching Dunkirk, maybe I'll we'll watch see. it with you. We'll see. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I might have to listen to Tarantino talk about it first because he might talk about it and be like, oh, fuck all this. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We got anything else for 1917? Uh, No. 
I think yeah. it's pr- pretty positive. We're excited about it. Yeah, I'm very interested to check this out. But that said, don't fuck it up, Mandy's. We're going to leave it at that. Bye.